This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. Hi, sir. Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends, and thanks for joining us here on Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, and this is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hey, what's up? Hey, buddy. And today we're also joined by Jeff Harlan, creator of Trekopedia and frequent guest star on Warp 5. Hi, how are you doing? We're doing okay. Yeah, you, you seem to be on Warp 5 a lot. You're like the Shran of Warp 5. <laughs> Would that be an accurate uh, assessment? He's, he's really pink for being Shran. That's true. That's <laughs> true. But well, maybe it's just the lighting, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess if you got it like a red gel on him, <laughs> yeah, he would... He would... I got color co- uh, corrected by the uh, the guys at uh, Desilu. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So He's not supposed to be blue. White, white, white. <laughs> So so okay so now Trekopedia this is your your website now you're you're on the network and everything like that doing some stuff here and there um but I don't know how familiar people are with your website and it's a fascinating website because it is so expansive I'm just like it's the thing that everyone talks about doing and it's like you know it would be really cool if we did this and then you look at like what would the work that would be involved and you go nah nah i'm not doing that (laughs) and yet you're doing it but um i guess before we we get into what the website is uh let's let's talk about you a little bit so now you're uh i'm guessing i'm guessing you're a fan of star trek no, um, I completely hate it. <laughs> you see, but you've seen like an episode or two on cable, or once or twice, maybe, like um, in reruns or something. Yeah, I have uh, all of the Blu-ray sets. Uh, I got uh, everything that's not on Blu-ray. I have on DVD, um, and it was before it came out on DVD. I had the animated series on VHS. <laughs> I had it on Laserdisc. <laughs> well, I never had a Laserdisc player, so. Oh, you're missing out. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> and I have I have all of the books, all of the comics. I've got all of uh, the um, the games, everything. Now, when you say you have all of the books and all of the comics, like, do you mean you have like a lot of them, or do you mean you have like all of them? Yeah, what percentage are we talking about here? Um, I have every game, I have every comic, and I'm missing all of about six of the books. Man, if you're down to like six, I mean, are these like what are you looking things? for? I've got I've got a used bookstore <laughs> down the street with like a hundred Star Trek books, and if I buy them in bulk, it gives me a discount. <laughs> Uh, the but the only ones I don't have are the Deep Space Nine young adult books from the mid '90s. Those have been harder to find. Oh. oh, okay, okay, that's impressive. That is impressive to say the least. Um, now, have you read them all? Most of them. Okay. <laughs> I still have a few that I haven't gotten to yet. 
So so let's go back. Go back to the very beginning. Like, how did you discover Star Trek in the first place? That would be my parents' fault. Oh, um, it usually is. <laughs> Uh, they, Isn't uh, it always? Yeah, um, they they were original Star Trek fans when it was first on TV. Um, they were both in middle school, high school at the time, and uh, so they then introduced me to Star Trek and science fiction in general. Um, I just remember growing up, we were always watching something science fiction. I was born in 1977, so I was two years old when the motion picture came out, and we went and saw that in the theater. And I've said this one before, but I spent a couple of weeks going around trying to give everybody neck pinches after that. And I just idolized, (laughs) I idolized Spock. He was my hero growing up. And, you know, we also watched other science fiction. We watched Battlestar Galactica. We watched, uh, um, you know, pretty much anything science fiction, Doctor Who, Blake Seven, everything. My dad even put up um, a poster, you know, the, uh, the, the, the wallpaper in the bedroom that my brother and I had. And it was, the wallpaper was a photo taken by the Apollo mission from the moon with the, with the earth rising above the moon. And and that was our wallpaper. And my dad, (laughs) my dad makes models that look like they're actual miniaturized uh, airplanes and spaceships. And so he made like, um, the the fighters the the Cylons and the Battlestar Galactica uh, <laughs> Vipers and hung them up on wires above this so that it looks like they're having a space battle in front of our wallpaper. That's wow! Awesome. Yeah, and you know that that's that's kind of how I grew up was just constantly surrounded by no science hope, fiction as as I as my parents always told me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry, we never even gave you a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I was the New Hope because I came out at the same year as uh, the uh, original Star oh, Wars. Oh, that's true. Uh, d- oh, <laughs> Which wasn't didn't have that, that subtitle when it came out. In <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't until I was about a year old. Your birthday is not May twenty fifth, is it? No, it's November twenty fifth. Oh uh, well, close enough. Close <laughs> enough, I guess. Yeah. So okay, so you were an original series fan, and and uh, yeah, I I grew up with it. I'm it. It was my first love. Was it? it you know, because of of your age and everything. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> Be, because of your age and everything, were you more uh, like in tune with the movies, or like by the time you saw that first one, were you just like, I need to watch all the original series episodes? And you know, by the time the second one came out, you were just like, whatever, this is the next adventure. You know, I hope I don't. I mean, I know I'd be putting a lot on him, but he was two. And I don't well, know if he was just know. like, let's watch the entire series. There are, well, what, 80 episodes? I, also, you know. Mama Dada. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, he, no, he, I, he may have been advanced for his age. You know? I do know that we watched a lot of Star Trek at the time. Um, Battlestar Galactica was on the air, so we watched a lot of that, too. Um, I, I just watched all of it. You know, Whatever was on, we were watching it. So by the time I was two, I probably had already seen the entire original series. <laughs> I, I guess got us I guess beat, what, Mike. <laughs> that's, he definitely has us beat. I guess what I'm getting at is, um, like, okay, Drew and I, for example, you know, at, while we, we have seen the original series and everything growing up, uh, certainly because of our experiences or whatever and the way that we were sort of like trained, we naturally sort of gravitated towards the movies. And, 
as much as we loved the original series, the movies were more of our first love. As you can tell from the last 95 episodes. (laughs) Yeah, where all we talk about is like those six movies. But um, my question is like, did you have that sort of like affinity for the movie specifically or were you more just sort of like it's all good and you didn't really discriminate between let's say movies versus show i didn't really uh see them as being different it was just more of an extension it's more like you know you have the original 80 episodes and then six more yeah. and then there's also the animated series <laughs> there is the animated what? series yeah, Drew hasn't seen the entire animated series I'm, yet, but I'm uh, like halfway done. Excellent. Get there. Anim- the animated series is actually my wife's favorite Star Trek. <laughs> That's interesting. That's a very interesting take. Um, Does she like any of the rest of it? That that would mean something, or is it just like, hey, that's funny? <laughs> no, we've watched uh, the first two seasons of the original series and a few episodes of the other shows here and there, um, and we've watched about half of the animated series, and she says she likes that one the best. <laughs> Interesting. That's Interesting. Fantastic. I love the animated series conceptually, but uh, in terms of execution, it's the worst. It really is the worst. <laughs> if, if they could take the recordings of the actors' voices and redo the yep. animation yep. with... Yep. The no. actual music from the original series? No. That, mm-hmm. I, I think that would be ideal. No, no, no. <laughs> you guys are all wrong. I don't know how many times I have to tell you guys you are all wrong. What you need to do is you need to take the original animation and you need to write good episodes and then apply good stories to that exact <laughs> style. Don't change the style at all. Then yesteryear wasn't a good episode. Yesteryear was the only good episode, and it is better than most episodes of Star Trek. I will give you that. But and the Slaver Weapons, the only episode of the original with uh, no Kirk in it. No, I'm not there no yet. Kirk in Spoilers, jeez. Wait, there's no Kirk in that? One? I, 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 no. I didn't even know. I'm gonna have to it, check that it out. It completely takes place starting off with the shuttlecraft and only the people that are in the shuttle. Really? Oh my god! I have to go back. Shatter one of the week off. I'm not coming in. I don't need to talk to you. I I have to check that out again. That's really interesting. I I didn't even know that there was. Wow. Hmm. I'm gonna have to rewatch that episode for sure. Wow. Cool. Now look what you've done. Mike's gonna rewatch an episode of the animated series. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. (laughs) Um. So okay. So so then. Next generation, you were you know like prime age ten and oh, man, a fan you were the to perfect age. Yeah, I was I was ten. It was uh, let's see, actually it was right before my tenth birthday when it came out. It was like two yeah. months before. So you were just like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. Or were you one of those? This you know, there's no Kirk. What do I what do I care about this? <laughs> this is like the slaver weapon. <laughs> <laughs> this is the slaver weapon of Star Trek. And they made like a whole series. <laughs> yes, yeah, the slaver weapon of Star Trek. That's good. Anyway, no, I was I was pumped for it. I mean, we uh, had like terrible uh, reception. We had a black and white TV at my house still at this point. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, we didn't get a color TV until uh, about a, uh, a year or so later. Um, so we went to a friend's house in the next state over to go watch uh, Encounter at Farpoint. As a whole family. As the whole family. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, see, I didn't grow up with that. Like, all my family was like, 
what are you doing? Like, why are you watching this? I don't understand, you know? Why do you believe in, in, in these these weird alien thingies? And I'm like, but it's... It could... I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I'm just going to go back and watch some more Star Trek. I'm going to go back and watch The Slaver Weapon again. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so that's cool. So you were a fan? Of, I mean, once you saw it, though, were you like, yeah, this is good stuff? Or were you like... Yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah. I like I said I I had uh, very limited television options uh, at home, uh, so I tried to get over to my friends' houses and see it with them, and occasionally uh, the best we could do was uh, if I couldn't come over, they would set up their uh, tape recorders in front of the TV, and I would listen to it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember those days. I would do that with with the uh, next gen and deep space. Not well, all of them really. Like I would record them off TV, and then I would record them on an audio tape, and then listen to them while we were driving on like road trips in the car. Wow! Yeah, it's good you stuff. guys, I I vow before this is incredible. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that's nothing. Um, Josh, the guy who started the Delta Quadrant, he and his brother have gone through and ripped the audio from all. Like seven hundred and was it twenty six episodes? What is that? What it is? I'm looking something like that. Yeah. How do you not know, know this? Goodness <laughs> gracious. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It, it is. So they've got like them all on their their iPhones, like the entire library of Star Trek. Just and they just like turn them on, like listen to them, like podcasts, like audio hour. dramas. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting. It's cool. Yeah. That's how a lot of the lost episodes of Doctor Who got recovered, was people right. doing the same thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, okay, so Next Gen, and then I take it when Deep Space Nine came on, you were just as much of a fan and all that stuff. And or By that not. time, I was living in Germany because uh, my uh, family's uh, military. Um. And, and right at the end of season one of uh, Next Gen, uh, we ended up moving to Germany, and the American television station over there, we had one television station and it was about a year behind on everything. So I got to watch season one of Next Gen all over again. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and I mean, a refresher. Considering. I, I just, I, I just so remember good. after um, Naked Now aired, I went to swim practice with the, um, the swim team. I was in fifth grade. And one of my friends comes up to me and he's like, oh, my God, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, that was the second time for me. <laughs> time travel. Did you start, like, did you start spoiling the rest of the season for them? Or... <laughs> Wait oh, till you see the totally racist next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, okay, so so you there was a bit of a lag with that and, and with Deep Space Nine as well? or Yeah, um, they kept playing uh, Next Gen on the TV over there, but I don't think they actually got deep space nine only reason i was able to see it was because uh, i had family back in the u.s that was taping the episodes and mailing them to me nice yeah, yeah that's awesome so i'd and get tapes with like about six to eight episodes each and i like, just like plow through you were the first binge like, watcher <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was like netflixing but about you know 30 years early <laughs> So how how long did that last for? At what point were you able to watch these things as they they aired again? Um, I moved back to the U.S. in '95, so it was not long after Voyager started. Okay, 
And by that point, were you caught up with with Deep Space Nine? And no, I was I was about a year behind, so I actually oh. had to watch the reruns to catch up. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so so Voyager started. Watched that. I take it you 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 watched pretty much all of that and all of of Enterprise, correct? Like, yeah. Okay. So, um, do you have a a, a favorite show? Mm, I kind of see them all as being parts of the the same whole yeah it's i mean I, I grew up with the original series and so i mean like i said that's kind of my first love when it comes to all the different shows but um i i like them all uh, uh, i've been on uh warp five several times we've talked about all the things that i loved about that and usually it's how it relates to the original series is what i love the best about it <laughs> yeah yeah me me too honestly i mean i i think it's a solid show on the whole, but like what they were doing in season four in particular, I think was pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I missed, I missed parts of uh, season two and season three of uh, enterprise because I was in the military at that point. And um, that was right about the same time that I got sent off to a little country called Iraq and Mm, uh, never. um, Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, wars are how Americans learn geography. So it's true. It's Um, true. So I, uh, I I spent a little time over there in the sandbox and came back and had to catch up again. Yeah, yeah, but I I guess it was easier in the in the modern era, right? Yeah, um, I also was stationed in Las Vegas, so I'd go down and hang out at Star Trek: The Experience, and oh, I was uh, I was one of the regulars. Uh, they called <laughs> us the Morns. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I had a seat that I always sat in, which happened to be pretty much the same one that Morn always sat in. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I, 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 one of my biggest regrets is I never got to see the experience. Yeah, it sounds like same it here. sounds like the most amazing thing. Yeah, in the when world. when they had our uh, my going away party when I transferred from Las Vegas to uh, another base in Turkey, they. Uh, had my going away party at the experience that's awesome and we had some of the actors that were in costume going around the experience would come up to say goodbye to me because they all knew me (laughs) that's so great yeah yeah that's cool that's cool i I, oh man i i it it makes me so and and i mean the, the fact that they like closed it just as like star trek was taking off again it's mm-hmm. like what are you thinking what do you mean thinking? i remember being excited when king's island had like when they got bought out by paramount and they had like you know next to scooby-doo and stuff because they were still partly owned by hannah barbera so that right next to scooby-doo is you know there's a klingon and a guy in, in monster maroon you know just walking around they're in character they're like the you know donald duck of of king's island and they had you know like some some federation based you know transporter pads and stuff and i thought it was the coolest thing in the world but i was a little young for vegas at the time <laughs> we all are yeah i i went and i did the uh, um the star trek video thing over at uh, universal studios in orlando back yeah in, i did that too yeah and i never did that yeah so i that, that was the first time i ever wore a monster maroon mm. and but not the last no, it's one of my favorite uniforms. Uh, I ended up making one, and I've got a photo of myself on the bridge at the experience in it. Excellent, excellent. And Which bridge I just, did they have at the experience? They had Was the it? Enterprise D bridge. Okay. Yeah. And I wore it there for one of the Vegas conventions. Uh, I 
ended up taking like sixth place in the costume contest. Oh wow! And uh, after the contest was over, I went upstairs to the uh, to the bridge set and got my picture taken. I was like, I'm in costume. I might as well. Why not? And, you know, how many times is this going to happen? And <laughs> I sit. Uh, they have everybody standing behind the uh, the camera so that they, nobody's in the shot. I sit down in the chair and everybody just starts applauding. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool. I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, I, that that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, okay. Post Enterprise, we have the JJ verse. I know that this is a very polarizing subject, but since it's related to the original series and part of part of our our um, our territory, uh, what what are your thoughts on on Star Trek 09 and Into Darkness? Well, they're alternate realities and we've had that ever since the first season of the original I mean, we had uh, Lazarus show up from the antimatter universe why not uh, I don't have a problem with it as long as I just remember it's it's not the original universe it's it's another universe that looks very similar to it uh, so look at this uh, guy with all his logic yeah <laughs> yeah and things are going to be similar things are going to be different and that's just how it is um one thing I do like is that it's bringing a lot of new fans in. Uh, my my wife had never really been into Star Trek before. She'd seen a little bit here and there. We went and we saw those movies together, um, and now she watches Star Trek with me, and she has a greater appreciation for it all. Exactly. What do you? What, yeah, I mean, it, it it makes sense. It really does. Yeah. I, think. I mean, we finished watching Into Darkness. We went back to my place. This was before we were married, and we watched Into Darkness. Went back to my place. Sat down and watched Space Seed and Star Trek Two. Excellent. Yeah, because she cool. wanted to know more about Khan because Inner Darkness didn't explain who he was. Not at all. Not right. not in the slightest. <laughs> so, um, what about? I mean, what what did you think about them as as movies? You know, I mean, like when you went in two thousand and nine to see Star Trek O nine, and and you sat down in the theater and you're like, "Oh my God, Star Trek is back!" And you came out of the theater. What was your reaction? Um, I was so excited that I wrote this gushing blog post about it because um, I got to see it a week before it opened in theaters. Cool. Yeah. And I I wrote this completely spoiler-filled blog post gushing the hell out of about it and had to go back and edit it for everybody that hadn't been able to see it yet because there were only about 200 of us that got to see it a week early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Well, that's cool. And then, and then into darkness. Um, I saw that. Well, well, okay. Before, before that. Okay. So, so you, you, there was the, the instantaneous, you know, like, oh my God, it's back. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in the, in the following like four years, certainly there was a lot of, uh, um, sentiment in the opposite direction, which is like, there. I I never completely understood it. I mean, I, I understand some people are very purist about how they want their Star Trek, but I, you know, I, I think that there's room for other interpretations too, especially since they're dealing with the alternate timeline. And it seems like you, of all people, would kind of understand the value of headcanon and and whatnot, and the idea that I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing out of those like 752 books that you've read that there may be some inconsistencies along the way, maybe here or there. How many last voyages of the original Enterprise are there? Because <laughs> I personally have only read I've five read books. I've read about three. And there's three yeah. of them that I've read. 
I've yeah. written two of them myself. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's uh, there's about three of them in the books and two in the comics that I'm aware of. Yeah, <laughs> or at least yeah. that I can recall. <laughs> so so okay, so Into Darkness comes out. I again, I'm assuming you were excited, right? I was looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what what did you think after seeing it? I enjoyed it. Uh, it was uh, it was a fun movie to watch, but I can understand a lot of the criticisms. There were a lot of pro- problems story wise. Uh, I mean, one of the things, like I mentioned, there's no explanation for who Khan is. So people who've never really watched any Star Trek before, when he says "I am Khan," they're going to be like, "Okay, and yeah, yeah." I mean, but other than that, I mean, I enjoyed the film. Uh, it ripped a little bit too much from Star Trek Two. Uh, I think after I came out of the theater, I tweeted that uh, I remember the last time I watched this, uh, and they called it uh, "The Wrath of Khan." Yeah, <laughs> and I, I said they should have given uh, Nicholas Meyer uh, co-writing credit. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. We didn't get that on Wrath of Khan either, so you know he's used to it. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about uh, your website a little bit, Trekopedia, which people can find at, it's just trekopedia.com, right? Yeah. Okay. Good grab. So what is this? Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> oh, I didn't get it originally. Uh, I originally used to have a different name for the site. It started back in the late 90s, and I called it FedNet, because mm-hmm. originally it was for my fan fiction stories that I was writing. Uh Mostly nice. Voyager, but I started doing some. I, I started doing some uh, original series era, and uh, I created the site FedNet to house uh, house all of my fan fiction that I was writing. And as I was writing it, it became more and more in depth, and I realized I needed some kind of an encyclopedia to keep track of everything that goes beyond the encyclopedia encyclopedia. And so I started creating what became Trekopedia, and that uh, just kind of grew from there. Uh, it, I still have the fan fiction on the site. It's a little harder to find now, but it's still on there. I was uh, testing back uh, about five or six years back. I was testing the new design where I was using the Trekopedia name for the first time, and Apparently, somebody realized that if they type test.fednet, uh, then they could see my test website. And uh, <laughs> they <laughs> they saw the Trekopedia name and swooped in on Trekopedia.com. So I took Trekopedia.net for several years until they realized I was not going to pay them an exorbitant amount of money to get that domain. <laughs> and they just let it expire. Like your Paramount or something. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just let it expire and... Uh, um, snatched it up as soon as it did <laughs> so what what exactly is trekopedia for those people who don't know it's basically the all-encompassing comprehensive star trek encyclopedia that tries to unify all of star trek in one place uh, uh i think uh someone else once called it the grand unified theory of star trek um basically i'm taking all of the TV shows, all the movies, all the animated episodes, the books, the comics, the games, and everything, and bringing it together and trying to make a single narrative for each entry. Uh, so if there is a conflict or try to resolve it, and I have like a tiered system that I use to try to resolve conflicts in, uh, um, in uh, the different ep- entries, 
So like I'll, I'll give priority to the television shows and the movies, then to the animated series and then to the novels and then to the comic books and then to the games and the games I break up between, you know, the, the role playing games and the video games. It's insane, but I'm awesome. I'm, I'm, you know? I'm just like, you know, I've not really poked around it before. I'm a terrible host. And so I'm flipping through it right now and I'm like, it's a JJ verse timeline. That includes the comics. I, I, I'm like, oh my god! I have that. Yes, uh, that's awesome. And the uh, all the JJ verse comic books were um, like co-plotted by Orching and Kurtzman, so they were then directly referenced in Into Darkness. There are actually several lines of dialogue that refer to events in the comic. I know. Books. I was so excited. So, and and I I was uh, uh, I was like, well, you know, then. Clearly, these things must be canon for that timeline, so I included all of it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Now, you you did this as a reference for yourself originally for originally. your fan fiction. Yeah. Now, I mean, most people, and I think most of the people writing the, this other fiction, like the books and the comics and everything like that, most people would be like, let's look at what's canon. We'll pay attention to that. Everything else screw it we're just ignoring it i run into what, that a lot what what was it where with your personal fan fiction where you were like i want to make sure that this fits in with the books that no one has read <laughs> well <Yeah>. i've <laughs> i i grew up reading those books and as far as i was concerned in my mind they were just as good as everything else i mean except for a few problematic early books from the next generation because they were written before the first episode even aired oh um and there were there were a few times where picard's characterization was a little strange <laughs> i'd like, love to read those yeah, that would be yeah there, there was there there was one i think it was like the third novel in and picard is like ready to go hunt down and kill some aliens whoa <laughs> yeah that sounds like a very forget Picard talking thing let's just yeah, blow them that. up <laughs> yeah, because they kind, kind of kidnapped kind, kind of movie era Picard, you know. Yeah, they they right. kidnapped some children, and he was going to go hunt them down. Um, because Picard loves children so much. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He'll do anything for them. <laughs> and and so I uh, uh, I I wanted to try to make something where I could just keep it all straight. And if I then was writing a story where it referred to something, then I would have a reference that I could go to and say this is all the information that we have on that. And the other thing was that, you know, as much as I love the encyclopedia written by the Akutas, one of the problems I had with it was they made a lot of assumptions on theirs that later found their way into canon because all the writers would say, well, it's in there, it must be canon. And so then a lot of those assumptions made their way in, like some of the starship numbers from the original series. You never actually saw that on screen until the remastered versions, which were then used using the uh, numbers given the, in the encyclopedia. Because they made it. Because <laughs> the Akutas mm -hmm. made yeah, the exactly. remastered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And those were some of the things I didn't care for as much. I mean, in the end, those are kind of small details. But uh, that also, the the encyclopedia just didn't go far enough. And in mine, if there's something I don't know, I'll just say, you know, we don't know what that is. You know, I'll leave a blank on something. Like, we have, you know, this ship, and we don't know what the registry number is. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. 
So where, where do you even begin on something like this? I mean, like you're trying to put the, together the timeline and I don't know. I know you don't need to do it, you know, starting at the beginning and, you know, whatever. But where do you even begin trying to to, to fit this all together? I started like, with the cage. Well, okay. Go. All That'll right. Work. Fair enough. So um, did you just go through and like rewatch all of the episodes? Or, um, or I've gotten through season one of the original for rewatching and taking notes as I'm watching on all the different things to put into it. You know, all the little details right down to Captain Pike's hat sitting on top of his television set. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how how long have you been working on this? Um, probably a good 15, 20 years. <laughs> and how long does it take you to get through like one episode? Um, at least a week or two. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. And I, mean, I go you... through and I take screen caps and do all that. When you get to like a, a really crappy episode, are you just like, man, these next two weeks? Are <laughs> Sometimes I'll slog through them and then I'll just take a break for a while and go watch something else. Yeah, <laughs> understandable. That's what I do. But now, what? What about like all of the books and stuff? I mean, now, now you're you're going through all this detail in like you know just the original series episodes or whatever. Not not to mention all all of the other ones yet. It's like, what about all of the books and everything? Is it a type of thing where you're like, I'm going to start at the beginning of these as well? Mm-hmm. Or is it just as you're reading, you're like, okay, I'm taking notes. You know, um, I'm doing a little bit of both. Um, I'm going through the newer books as they come out and as I read them. But I'm also, I've gone back and I've restarted with the Enterprise novels. And I'm up to the expanse on those right now. I've gone through a whole, uh, all the ep- other novels up until that point. It's probably about seven or eight novels at this point. And it's one of the things I love is uh, I have, uh, shall we say, acquired copies of the ones I didn't already have on my Kindle. Um, I have hard copies of the ones that uh, I uh, acquired through nefarious mm-hmm. means. Sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I know. I, I do. I have, I have the photos. <laughs> I have photos to prove it. <laughs> um. But uh, I, I've gone through, and one of the things I like on my Kindle is that it has a highlight function, and everything I highlight gets copied to a text file. Oh. And so then I just go through, and I highlight all the little things that I want to pull out for use on the site, and then that goes into a text file, and then I take the text file and import it onto my computer. Well, that's clever. So so which do you find to be easier to do, the TV show or the or the books? The books are far easier to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the comics are kind of somewhere in between because it's basically just going through a a series of images. Mm. You know, like the uh, the old gold key episode uh, issues with, uh, you know, the mad scientist who's going to steal the memories of all of Earth's greatest scientists and imprint them on punch cards. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's got to be a lot of punch cards. Are you doing, um, for the original series, are you doing the remastered or the original? Um, I'm doing the remastered for that. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. I originally, um, originally I was going to go through and have both side by side. Of course you But are. then I, I realized that's just too much work. <laughs> that's crazy. That would, that would be crazy. That would I, be, I know. had to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> this is a red planet. No, no. Well, in this continuity, it's kind of a different color. It's red and green a little bit, but. <laughs> the line must be drawn here. <laughs> 
Uh, so I guess my, my next question would be, well, do you have, because I imagine this would be easy to do. And when I say easy, I mean, I'm talking in relative terms, but do you have like a timeline of everything in chronological order, just in terms of like, let's say someone was like, I want to experience Star Trek in chronological order. And I'm not saying like, well, in this episode, there's a flashback that takes place in 20. Just like the order that the episodes take place. Yeah. Along with the books books and the comics and everything. Do you have like a full list? Yes. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Excellent. um, It's um, based heavily off of a timeline that someone else made. Uh, uh, James Dixon, he posted a timeline years back. um, And, I don't agree with everything in his timeline. Uh, that's one of the reasons why ultimately I'm going to be making my own. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is another undertaking unto itself. But uh, um, mostly uh, there are things in there that are you know, more or less, this is pretty much the order that they take, they take place. And uh, so I've got a spreadsheet and it's got columns for, you know, the, the start date, the earth date, the title, the series and all of that and color coded by what, whether it's a book or television or whatever. Nice. Just because, um, 13 year old me needs to know it's really important. What is the very first adventure chronologically speaking on that timeline? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I can't recall. Okay. All right. All right. Well, it's on the site, right? I can look it up if I need um, to. I don't think it's on the site right now. It was on an old version of the site. You might still be able to find it there. I think okay. it was, you know, and if you type in old.trekopedia.com, <laughs> you might find it. Cause, okay. All right. Because well, well, I've got a lot of entries on the old version of the site that I'm still converting over to the new one. So okay. uh, there, there's still a lot of stuff on there. So I, I just kept it and put it into a subdirectory. All right. Well, if you can find that out and let me know, <laughs> it would be greatly appreciated because I need to experience all of it in chronological order from the beginning. <laughs> no, but okay. So now you've seen everything. I take it right. You've seen all the episodes of all the shows, mm-hmm. and you've you've read what like you were saying all the comics or, or most of I've the read comics. all of the comics. You've read all of the comics and you've uh, read most of the books. Yes. Um, okay. What do you consider to be like the best comic or storyline, comic book storyline? Or like, mm. what is somewhere where like, you're just like, you got to check this one out. Like, I'm not saying like, you need to like figure out, what the citizen Kane of the comic books is, but you need to, you need to, you need uh, just, just kind of like, you know, where you're like, you guys, you know, like for people who maybe are lost and, and, you know, are just reading whatever's coming out now or whatever. Is there one where you're just like, this is, this is one here where, you know, this is it. I've read them all. And I know like you, if you're a Star Trek fan or, or just a fan of good comics, you need to check this one out. Well, I really enjoyed the Mirror Universe saga back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Um, That one uh, took place in between, I think it was Star Trek 3 and 4. And Mm. Spock was back, and he'd just gotten his memory restored. And they came up with this really cool storyline where Spock was actually given command of a science ship, and Kirk got command of the Excelsior. Uh, And then... then Mirror Kirk 
comes from the mirror universe with the mirror enterprise, which was still around and comes over to the regular universe to try to, uh, basically as the, the lead vanguard for an invasion of the regular universe by the mirror universe. And hijinks ensue and Kirk takes the place of mirror Kirk sets him up, makes it look like he betrayed the, uh, empire, and in the end, the Empire is gunning for Mirror Kirk. Wow. Um, now, I take it this was written before Star Trek Four was released? It was It was uh, released in between the two movies, and it ends yeah. with Spock being injured in such a way that his mind got all screwed up after a mind meld with Mirror Spock, uh, and they had to take him back to Vulcan. Oh, oh my God. That's clever. That's clever in the most convoluted way imaginable, but I guess that's what you got to do to tell that story. Then okay, because mm-hmm. that does sound awesome. But I'd be like, let's just make that Star Trek four. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm nothing. It, Star it Trek was great, 4. and it, it would have saved them so much on the actors because you know all the villains are played by the right. same character. But uh, you people. have to pay twice as yeah, much. That's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, okay, same same question then, but for the novels. Um, I really enjoy the Vanguard novels. Yeah, yeah. Those were they just came out recently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they okay. they've been coming out for about the last ten years, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, hard to believe it's been quite that long, but uh, yeah, it's like the last nine or ten years, I think, when the first one came out. Um, and now they're doing the the Seekers series, which follows off. And from these that. are TOS uh, era. So this, this is the TOS era one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's basically the uh, the original series answer to Deep Space Nine. Ooh, interesting. Right. Like Van- Vanguard it, it, is sort of like the darker one, and then Seekers yeah. is like, hey, let's like have Voyager. fun again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vanguard is it's set on a space station in the Taurus Reach, and the first one uh, takes place right after Where No Man Has Gone Before. Huh. I, I will. I will have to check and this it, out. And it actually has... It actually has the Enterprise docking with the station for repairs after the events of War No Man goes to uh, before. <laughs> That's great. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So okay, um, I guess I guess this is my last question. Question: uh, As someone who has seen and read all this stuff or whatever, is there like one thing where you were like, I? wish this was not this if if i could just erase this from history either it would make my life so much easier or you know the the whole canon would work better like what what would that be Hmm. there's a few of those (laughs) (laughs) yeah a few of them are from some of those early next generation uh, novels that i was talking about because they just don't fit very well at all um, the only way that I can really explain them is saying that they happen in an alternate timeline. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The author doesn't yeah, have to know it's works. an alternate timeline. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because like, yeah. there's one that ends with Dr. Salar taking a kid, uh, like an orphaned Andorian kid, and resigning from Starfleet and going off back to Vulcan to raise this kid. But, you know... Solar gets mentioned a few more times in later episodes and then is a regular on the uh, new, uh, the new Frontier novels. And <laughs> well, none she of just that had to, she, she mind-melded with someone <laughs> and messed up her mind, and then she had to go back, you know, whatever. It's all good. 
Interesting. Very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a few things like that. There's, you know, some, some good books out there and there's a few that are not as good. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So, so this is kind of like a, a life project, I'm assuming something. Uh, which... It's looking like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even halfway through and I've been working on this for probably a good 10 or 15 years. <laughs> That's that's awesome. That's awesome. But I I studied history in uh, college, and so I'm using all the stuff that I learned for writing papers as an historian and applying that to writing the article. So I'm writing this from an in-universe perspective as if it's an actual encyclopedia entry written by an historian. That's awesome. (laughs) With annotations, footnotes, (laughs) everything. And like, what are some of the articles that you have on there? Like, what are some that that people who haven't been to the site should should definitely check out? You know? Um, one of the ones that's most in depth is the Constitution class entry, as it should be, and as it should be, yes. And uh, one thing I like is the uh, um, I've got tabs for you know the different uh, sections. So like, I've got a tab for original configuration, a tab for <laughs> refit configuration. And then a tab for known vessels with just a, a spreadsheet listing every Constitution class ship that's ever been mentioned. Cool. And Man. links to them. And they also have pages. Um, <laughs> that's so great. Um, that's and awesome. like on the uh, the Enterprise, um, uh, this is linked from that. And I've got uh, like on the Enterprise, I've got just all the information about the Enterprise and references like uh a page and a half long um <laughs> um and the uh the enterprise uh, a uh, i've even got a note talking about the conflicting reports of whether or not the ship was originally named something else first <laughs> and what that ship was named because most of the sites or most of the sources that i've got say that yes it was another ship first but then there are three different names that uh, were given you know um one says it was the uss atlantis one was the uss t ho and one was the yorktown and the first two names come from games and the third comes from the next generation technical manual so that's the one that i went with yeah good call yeah, that makes <laughs> sense yeah yeah well, awesome. Well, um, where, where can people find the website and everything? Where where can people check it out if they if they want to, which they should? Uh, it's uh, trekopedia dot com. Trekopedia dot com. Simple enough. And where can people find you on the internet outside of Warp Five or whatever? Um, outside of Warp Five, I'm also on. Uh, I I'm on Facebook. I'm on the Babel Conference. I'm on the Axonar fan group all the time. And uh, I also have my uh, my comic books that I make are also on there. So, you know, on top of my day job and Trekopedia, I also make comic books. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, what what are, what are your comic books? Um, it's uh, it's called the Protectorate, and it's basically it's uh, set in a world where there have been people with superpowers since the Korean War, but there are almost no superheroes because everybody, when they reach eighteen years old, they get drafted. Because hmm. why spend billions of dollars on uh, making weapon systems when you can just draft them? Hmm. Interesting. That sounds <laughs> and, cool. And so my comic is following a bunch of uh, high school seniors and a couple of college freshmen who are uh, um, exempted from the draft at this point. And uh, 
and they found a leap. Uh, one of them, his father's a billionaire, and they found a loophole in the law that lets them avoid the draft completely. Hmm. So, so where where can people find that? That uh, cool. That's on my uh, also on Facebook or um, the website's uh, bandwidthcomics.com. And right. uh, um, I've got four issues out. I just recently finished coloring the first issue. Uh, the the first four were originally in black and white, but now the first issue's in color. And I'm working on getting that up for sale right now. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. And that's also uh, um, going to be, I, I've submitted that to Comixology, so hopefully that'll oh, be up yeah. there soon too. I'll grab it. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a really interesting concept. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you have a. It was enlightening. A, it was, you know. I I just want to I just want to sit around and you know what what I what I really want to do is just like have you know your number in my phone so that I can text you whenever needed because <laughs> you never know and just be like, so how does this fit in? You know, <laughs> what about this comic? Should I read this thing? No. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, you know there there was actually a Voyager comic where they faced down one of the Doomsday Machines too. <laughs> oh really? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. I got overwhelmed. I was looking at Star Trek comics the other day, and that that box set that has them all on PDF, and it's uh-huh. like yeah, you know here's ten thousand comics, every single comic before IDW, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I've and I've got everything since IDW got the license too, except for the stuff that maybe just came out in the last month or two. Yeah, and yeah. that I just have to go to the comic shop and get it out of my pull box. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Still buying the hard copies, not the uh, not the digital ones, huh? I get both. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. <laughs> it's not surprised. I don't know why I'm surprised at that. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much for joining mm-hmm. us. Yeah, we we really appreciate it. Yeah, even though I get uh, called out on saying that all the time but whatever we um appreciate we do it, appreciate but... it yeah we do we do yeah yeah get off our backs we appreciate it you know whatever um but yeah yeah we we, we hope to have you uh back on the show again soon yeah i'd love it well that was fun talking with jeff about trekopedia today but that's just one of the trek topics we've been talking about on trek fm this week here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. So Nicholas Meyer hearing that immediately starts getting inspiration. So let's do Chernobyl in space. Let's do the wall comes down in space. And it just sort of comes out of, of, of Nicholas Meyer. You know, let's, let's comment on, you know, you know what, 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 how would Kirk feel about this? And all, all these sorts of issues. Earl Grey. Yeah, really, she's following the Hasbrat, I think, is really what it is. <laughs> Come for the revolution, stay for the Hasbrat. It's got to be fresh Hasbrat. None of that replicated stuff. Like, Daniel's, like, at the watching the end of this episode, like, tears are coming down the face. It's like, no, oh, it's the Hasbrat. It's so spicy. It's what it is. <laughs> the Orb. Well, apparently, and did you find this interesting, Matthew? Apparently... The Navark reports directly to the prophets. Which is awkward because they don't always show up for meetings, so... Right. Yeah. Plus, you never know what time the meeting is really going to be, right? That is true. It could have been yesterday, and you might have missed it. The Ready Room. Do you think this episode would have been so popular and remain a fan favorite if the Enterprise had been overrun with zebra mussels? (laughs) (laughs) To the journey! Why is he wearing the toga? Now, is he going to a frat party or is he being Julius Caesar? Either way, it's weird. 
don't you don't you know Tristan's fascination with late 20th century university social groups? Warp five. It kind of like is akin to um, when fans saw the Galaxy class in the Next Generation for the very first time, and you had a, basically a crew and civilian complement of what over a thousand people. About two thirds of that complement were civilians and their families. So you actually did have teachers and scholars and scientists and their extended families on board. Commentary, Trek stars. One of the things that amazes me about the score for Star Trek The Motion Picture is that he he only had 50% of the movie available to him when he scored. So he, he was scoring an awful lot to scene missing, scene missing. The 602 Club. Where did he get the cloak from on the other planet? I really, really, really want to know. He shows up uh, with the he, cloak. He, he, he kind of fashioned it out of out of a rudimentary lathe. Uh. <laughs> Literary treks. It's a small point, but I thought it was really interesting to have here in the book because, again, that's what Star Trek Deep Space Nine has really always done for Star Trek, which is kind of make faith okay in the Star Trek universe and show how it's valid and so I thought that was a really nice uh, in it again it's a it's a tiny point in the book but I thought it was pretty powerful at least for me who is somebody who is a faith so mm-hmm. Axanar the official podcast it is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic the aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment it had its time and there's a certain amount of charm still to that but it doesn't allow you to push the narrative forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back in my opinion women at warp there's so many things that i got to do yeah i got to i got to pilot the defiant you know i got to sit in the chair that was like that was a big deal yeah and renee would always say no no you know this isn't real I mean, you're you're so excited to be in the chair. It's not actually happening. That's exciting. <laughs> it was exciting. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or you can just stream from the website. Just visit Trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. Well, if you want to contact us and share your thoughts on today's show, you can go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose send a show and choose standard orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail using webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners at our Facebook group, The Babel Conference. In social media, you'll find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. You can find Mike on Twitter at Mumbles3K, and you can find him on his own website, Commentary Track Stars, and here on Trek FM on Commentary Track Stars. And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps bring Standard Orbit to each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive and Federation, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. 
Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trek.fm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek.fm. We'd also like to thank Richard Rutledge Jr. and Renee Roberts for being our associate producers this week by supporting us on Patreon. You can find Richard on Twitter at RUT8972 and Renee at MRES underscore 1701. And if you want to help them keep us in orbit, you can also support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trek.fm, you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, and even be listed as an associate producer for our shows. You'll find out where the donations can go, things like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, and upgrading our equipment. Again, that's patreon.com slash trek.fm, so check it out. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landrew. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit ahead. Walk factor one. Hi, sir.